the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Twitter has a new owner in the CEO of Tesla Motors. He should probably not be, you know, regulating what, what, what the New York Post is writing about Hunter Biden's laptop. Federal judge temporarily blocks the Biden administration's ending of Title 42. Title 42 being lifted means 500,000 over the next five weeks. The U.N. to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The end goal is to have a halt to fighting. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, April 26th. I'm Mike Scott. Russia unleashed a string of attacks against Ukrainian rail and fuel installations Monday, striking crucial infrastructure far from the front line of its eastern offensive. As both sides continue to grind it out in the war, top U.S. officials pledged more help to ensure Ukraine prevails. In a visit to Kyiv to meet with President Volodymyr Zelensky on Sunday, the American Secretaries of State and Defense said Washington has approved a $165 million sale of ammunition, along with more than $300 million in financing to buy more supplies. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmytro Kuleba says the visit by Secretary of State Blinken and Defense Secretary Austin to Kyiv was significant. This is really uh, was a political message, but it was also an opportunity to sit down at the table and have a meaningful, meaningful conversation. It lasted for about two hours. We went through each and every detail of weapons, sanctions, financial and other issues of utmost interest for both of us. Meanwhile, U.N. Deputy Spokesman Fahan Haq says Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez is scheduled to travel to Moscow today to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin before meeting later this week with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. We're coming at a, at a fairly delicate moment. It's important that he is able to talk uh, clearly with the leadership on both sides and see what progress we can make. Hawk says Secretary General Gutierrez hopes his meetings with the Russian president and Ukrainian president will be productive. The end goal is to have a halt to fighting and to have uh, ways to improve uh, the situation of the people in Ukraine, uh, uh, lessen the threat that they're under, and provide humanitarian aid towards them. Twitter shares popped over 5% on Monday after the company's board unanimously accepted Tesla CEO Elon Musk's $44 billion offer to take the social media giant private. Technology sector analyst Dan Ives says Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter for roughly $44 billion is a gamble. Ultimately, it's really trying to shake up social media. I mean, he feels like it's a fragmented platform. He could significantly improve it. But there's growth challenges ahead. Twitter's been underperforming platform for the last decade. 
And this is definitely must betting 20% of his net worth on Twitter. You know, definitely a risky move. Ive says the future for Twitter under the ownership of Elon Musk is unclear. Does it change it to a subscription platform? Freedom of speech, has it changed Twitter? I think more questions than answers at this point. And I think ultimately this is really going to be a 12, 18-month project to try to transform Twitter. Meanwhile, Thomas Hayes of Great Capital joined Yahoo Finance Live and thinks that Musk buying Twitter is a good idea. Well, I think this is the best thing that's ever happened to Twitter. Uh, Twitter had become an abandoned building with graffiti in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, what's going to happen now is Elon Musk is coming in to buy this building at distressed prices. He's going to clean off the graffiti. He's going to rehab the building. He's going to make the building bigger and uh, I think generate a lot of value for the users. Josh Kroshar, the Against the Grain columnist at National Journal, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss his thoughts on the Tesla CEO buying Twitter. I actually don't think there's going to be a huge amount of change. A lot of the political debate about Twitter is over uh, censorship, moderation, you know, what, what what content they're allowing on the site, whether Trump gets back on, on Twitter, I think maybe the most politically consequential question. But, you know, I, I ultimately think you know, whether he, he produces value um, for, for, for both Twitter users and, 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 and shareholders is, you know, whether he can, he can promote growth, whether he can actually expand the service. And that that is, I think, a much more um, I'm much more skeptical about that. Kraushar says that while Musk knows business, He's not sure if the Tesla CEO can find a way to make Twitter profitable. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's shown that he's an exceptional businessman, but I, I think a lot of folks are struggling to figure out how to, how to make Twitter more successful. If you pander to the right, you, you alienate the left. If you pander to the left, you alienate the right. And, you know, it is, it is geared towards some power users, journalists, media people, political, uh, you know, operatives and activists. And I don't know how you, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how you grow it and, and make money in a way that he really hopes for. So that, that, I think that's why they want to sell sell the Musk at, at a quite high stock price. Uh, Kraushar says that overall, this may be a good move for the social media services users. You know, I, I have some issues with the types of, of, of content they've chosen to, to moderate or regulate. I, I think they've made some, some poor decisions. But I, I think the big picture is, is this going to be a more usable service? Is it going to be a more, more constructive service? Are you going to have interesting conversations, more healthier conversations online. I think that's ultimately going to be what determines the success of Twitter or not. Kraushar points out that while Twitter's management did make mistakes, they run it better than the management team at other social media platforms. Musk is a very interesting character. He's a successful businessman. He also has tweeted some interesting things. You kind of wonder what, whether he has what direction he wants to take Twitter in. I mean, I think, I think despite all the tumult over Twitter, you know, management has actually done a pretty good job in, 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 in you know, the, in, in managing the service. Like, it, it, it's a pretty good tool compared to Facebook, in my view, compared to some of these other social media platforms that I think are, are just as toxic. Kraushar goes on to say that the key to Twitter moving forward would be to put people in management positions who understand politics and use a light hand. I guess the risk with Musk is that he could do things that make things even worse or be even more disruptive in a negative sense. But it's always good to, you know, sometimes it's always safe to go, to stay the course with, with the uncertainty that Musk would, would provide a CEO. But obviously they have challenges. The whole Silicon Valley ecosystem has, has a lot of challenges. They, they think they can create algorithms 
to, to moderate content, and you need to actually have smart people that understand politics and understand political opinion. And, and you should probably not be, you know, regulating what, 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 what the New York Post is writing about Hunter Biden's laptop. You should be as, as light, light-handed as possible when, when you can with this stuff. A federal judge in Louisiana, Judge Robert Summerhays, temporarily blocked the Biden administration from ending a Trump-era pandemic restriction on the U.S.-Mexico border. Judge Summerhays announced a temporary restraining order in the case Monday, calling on the Department of Justice and states to work out the details in continuing the policy. The Biden administration had been on track to end Title 42, a public health measure, on May 23, a decision that has been criticized alike by Republicans and Democrats. Title 42 was put into effect in March of 2020 and stated that U.S. border officials had to turn away migrants immediately after they illegally came across the border. Since March of 2020, border officials have turned migrants away more than 1.7 million times using that authority including many who have tried to cross the border more than once. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration will be in discussions with members of Congress about Title 42 and what comes next. We are continuing to prepare to implement the lifting of Title 42, a decision that was made by the CDC. I would note that there are a range of views on Title 42. There are some, you noted, who are very vocal about how they would like to see it extended. There are some who are very vocal about how they would not like to see that happen. So that's an important discussion that will be happening over the coming days and weeks. Saki does acknowledge there will be a surge of migrants at the southern border if the covid link Title 42 is lifted next month. The Department of Homeland Security has projected that there could be an increase in people coming to the border, and that's why they've had a six-part, multi-part plan and proposal and policy they've been implementing for months now to prepare for that. Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts says it is her opinion that Title 42 doesn't help anyone. Title 42 is not consistent with our values, and it doesn't keep us safer. However, fellow Democrat Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas disagrees, saying the Biden administration is being hypocritical. How can we have the, the emergency, a federal public emergency extended to July 15th and say there's a pandemic going on in the United States, but at the border, everything's fine and just let people uh, in into the United States? Representative Michael McCall, a Republican also from Texas, says that if Title 42 is scrapped, his state will not be able to handle the influx of migrants. Title 42 being lifted means 500,000 over the next five weeks. My state of Texas, we just simply can't absorb this. More than 20 states had asked the court to block the administration from ending Title 42 and last week asked the court to immediately intervene. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday approved the creation of a new standalone election police force. It's designed to crack down on voter fraud in the nation's third largest state. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett has more details. The Republican governor had proposed the creation of a special unit to tackle election crimes as he came under pressure from some Republicans to do a full-blown audit of the 2020 election, even though former President Donald Trump had little trouble winning Florida. DeSantis, who is running for re-election and is widely considered for a 2024 presidential candidacy, has both praised the last election as smooth and suggested more rules were needed to deter fraud. 
Critics have deemed the law politically motivated and unnecessary, arguing that local prosecutors can handle election crimes. Bernie Bennett reporting. The Supreme Court is taking on a case between a public school official and a former high school football coach who wanted to kneel and pray on the field after games. The case before the justices involves Joseph Kennedy, a former football coach at Bremerton High School in Bremerton, Washington. For many years, Coach Kennedy would kneel at the center of the field following games and lead some students in prayer. The school district asked him to stop. Kennedy's lawyers say the Constitution's freedom of speech and freedom of religion guarantees allow him to pray on the field with students free to join. Attorney Paul Clement says the former high school football coach was exercising a protected right when he prayed on the field after games. When Coach Kennedy took a knee at midfield after games to say a brief prayer of thanks, his expression was entirely his own. That private religious expression was doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clauses. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts quiz the attorney for Joseph Kennedy about where to draw the line when it comes to public high school coaches quietly praying or loudly leading a prayer at a football game. What if the, the activity uh, on the field did not consist of this kneeling down briefly, but something more uh, uh, extensive, standing up on the 50-yard line, you know, arms outstretched, uh, engaging in audible prayer? Is your analysis and answer still the same? Meantime, the court is also set to hear arguments Tuesday about the Trump-era policy known as Remain in Mexico. (music) Gas prices are dropping again, but relief at the pump may be short-lived. The national average retail price of regular grain gasoline dropped three cents over the past two weeks to $4.24 a gallon. The Lumberg survey reported Sunday. Nationwide, the highest average price for regular grade gasoline in the April 22 survey was $5.71 a gallon in the San Francisco Bay Area. The lowest average was $3.70 a gallon in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Fuel price analyst Trilby Lundberg says gas prices actually have dropped quite a bit. Gasoline prices are down $0.03 cents in the past two weeks, and the average for regular grade is $4.24. This makes a total drop of 19 cents over the past six weeks. However, Lumberg's analysis shows that gas prices may not get any lower anytime soon. For one thing, retailers lost a big chunk of their business margin in this period. And also, consumers seem to be showing some price resistance. Normally, this time of year, our gasoline demand is building, but April was below that of March. And that's practically unheard of. A Swedish-based think tank says military spending across the world reached record levels last year, rising to more than $2 trillion. The BBC's Theo Leggett has that story. The Stockholm report says that the rise in military spending is set to continue as European countries build up their armed forces in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The United States spent more than $800 billion on its military last year, more than double the outlay of any other country. Russia increased its own military spending by nearly 3%, helped by higher oil and gas revenues. 
China allocated $293 billion to its armed forces last year, an increase of 4.7% compared to 2020. Here's a story about a kid genius that's putting us all to shame. A Minnesota teen who may not be old enough to grow a mustache, but has shaved years off his education. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxford has details on the mini Einstein. 13-year-old Elliot Tanner is on the verge of earning his bachelor's degree from the University of Minnesota with a major in physics and a minor in math. He's currently maintaining a 3.78 grade point average and is participating in undergraduate research while also tutoring classmates. Elliot's mom says he started reading and doing math by age three and then following a few years of homeschooling at a high school curriculum that took him two years to complete, he began taking college classes when he was nine. Tanner wants to be a high-energy theoretical physicist and ultimately a professor of physics at the university. Rhonda Rockstra reporting. And finally, MIT engineers have introduced the Oreo meter. Engineers have now subjected the Oreo cookie to rigorous materials test to get to the center of one question. Why does the cookie's cream stick to just one wafer when twisted apart. Gizmodo's Isaac Schultz explains the sweet experiment. Engineers at MIT recently built a device called an Oreometer to test how Oreo cookies split and how the cream filling separates from the wafers. There are different ways to eat an Oreo. You might pull the two wafers apart, unscrew the two sides of the cookie, or dunk it in milk and bite right into it. The researchers were studying rheology, or the physics of fluids and how they flow. They call this particular study oreology. Oreo cream is a soft solid called a yield stress fluid, a group that includes cookie dough, concrete, and lava. Schultz shares the results of all the testing. The Oreo is placed between two clamps. Rubber bands on the clamps adjust torque on the wafers, and as coins are added to one side of the Oreometer, the clamp turns, separating the cookie. The team found that the cleanness of the break didn't depend on how fast they rotated the wafers, how much cream there was, or what flavor of the cookie they used. It depends on how much adhesion there is between the cream and the wafers. The design for the Oreo meter is open to the public, so you too can build your own Oreo meter at home for your own saccharine science experiments. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.